0: On this episode of the Nessen Soccer Podcast, CBS Sports' Ian Joy joins us to dissect the UEFA Champions League group stage draw. And we also discuss Landon Donovan's decision to pull the San Diego Loyal off the field after one of his players was subjected to homophobic abuse. Three,
1: two, three,
2: four.
0: Welcome to the Nets and Soccer Podcast. I'm Marcus Quasio mard joined as usual by my co-host, Mark Benedetto. Today, we have a special guest as we talk about the UEFA Champions League draw. Ian Joy, he's a soccer analyst at CBS Sports HQ, the 24-7 streaming sports network. Ian played professionally for 14 years for five different teams in England, Scotland, Germany, and in MLS. He's the lead analyst on YES Networks. New York City Football Club Soccer Teleclass Telecast since the franchise's inaugural season in 2015. Additionally, he has worked as a Fox Sports Soccer host and analyst, including as a studio analyst during the twenty eighteen World Cup, the UEFA Champions League, and the UEFA Europa League. Who better to have us on to talk Champions League draw? Welcome, enjoy.
1: Thank you very much for having me on, and I feel like you should be doing every single intro everywhere I go. No matter where I am, what <laughs> network it is, I like to be introduced just like that. Thanks very much for the intro.
0: You're very welcome, and thank you for joining us, Mark. We had to withhold your excitement a little bit. Uh,
3: <laughs> I was saying, you never introduced me like that, Marcus. <laughs> no, I, I, you, know, you usually do the introduction, so put uh, the shoe on
0: the other foot and see what happens. Yeah,
3: very well done. But I'm very pumped to have you on as well, Ian. Yep. Um, and as Marcus said, no better way or no better time to have you on than right after the Champions League draw, which uh, went down earlier today. We're recording here Thursday afternoon. The draw was complete, what, like an hour ago? Um,
0: yeah. This so, is, uh, this is yeah. a real time. Uh, Mark and I usually have a quick – uh, run through of what we're going to talk about, but this is uh, this is just a straight-up reaction episode, so why don't we get into it? We're going to go group by group. Uh, Mark, Ian, and uh, and I will talk about what stands out in each group, uh, what are the most exciting storylines, and uh, let's start with Group A. We have Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid, RB Salzburg, and Lokomotiv Moscow. Uh, Ian, why don't you go first? uh, What's jumping out at you from the Group A?
1: Well, my initial reaction is, can Bayern Munich uh, retain the trophy? And uh, my eyes are always on Bayern Munich, no matter where they're playing, just because of the job they've done, working so closely with the Bundesliga. But also, they're the biggest club and best club in Europe right now. They're making noise, they're getting better. May have lost Thiago, but they've got a little younger, bringing Leroy Sané in. And then, of course, my attention is focused on the Americans. And uh, when you have Jesse Marsh going up against Atletico Madrid, Diego Simeone, and then a Bayern Munich, where there's lots of rumors right now about Jesse Marsh's future and potential future in the Bundesliga, it's always interesting. So this this is a really tough draw for Jesse Marsh, but one I'm sure he will thrive upon. And they're a team that like to spring a surprise. I watched them just qualify uh, into the Champions League group stages. And I feel like there's more to come from that team. Terrific young talents in, in their squad. And Jesse's fired up, man. This guy is just, he, he's like a, a rabbit that's just nonstop energetic. He's ready to go anytime, anywhere against any team. And I believe they might spring a surprise or two in this group. And Atletico Madrid might be the ones they spring that surprise on.
0: Yeah, we love rumors on this show. Uh, can you tell us who the rumor mill is linking Uh, American coach Jesse Marsh, too. He's at RB Salzburg right now.
1: Yeah, well, he's at Salzburg right now. And, of course, the rumors will always be there as long as you're in the Red Bull system and what's going to happen in the future down the line with Leipzig. And that would be the natural progressive step for someone like Jesse Marsh to stay in amongst the Red Bull group. But... Um, I'm not so sure about that. There's uh, a lot of uh, big, big clubs out there that are watching Jesse Marsh very closely and especially in the Bundesliga. He is fluent now in German, which is massively important for his future. The way he deals with his players, the Austrian media has taken to him very kindly. They love him. And as I mentioned it before, he brings energy, excitement and passion. And I think uh, you're going to find that Jesse Marsh's next step will most likely be in the Bundesliga. Unless he has an amazing Champions League run, then he's open to going anywhere. I think England will open up absolutely for him at some point as well. But the natural progressive step would be to go to Germany. And the likely position would be Leipzig, depending on what happens with Nagelsmann in his future.
3: Yeah, Um as you're saying, Marsh has been on fire ever since he got to Salzburg in 2019. They won the Austrian Bundesliga and also their domestic cup. So they got a double and then when competed in Champions League last year. So if he can get himself out of this group with two giants like Bayern Munich and Atletico, I, I think, yeah, a new coaching gig is going to be right around the corner after that.
1: Yeah, well, also think about the previous coach that he took over from, left the team in an amazing position, right? They were champions, clearly, in Austria, but also very dangerous squad of players, Erling Haaland. I mean, they've got so many talented youngsters coming through their ranks. So Jesse Marsh basically picked up where Marco Rosa left off, and Rosa's now gone on to Gladbach. So he didn't go through the Red Bull system and stayed with Leipzig or went to Leipzig. He went to Gladbach. So there's a lot of options out there for someone like Jesse Marsh, who's doing an incredible job as you mentioned.
0: Let's move on to uh, Group B. Uh, Ian, you mentioned Gladbach, Borussia Mönchengladbach. They're uh, set in Group B with Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Inter Milan. Uh, What do we like about
1: Group D? Well, Group D stands out because of the German team. Again, for me, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. When they're thrown in as the dark horse in this team, it's interesting to see that such a big club who can play so well in the Champions League in phases will probably make it very difficult for Inter and will make it difficult for Real Madrid as well. Shakhtar Donetsk, they're a team that impressed everyone out the group stage into the knockout rounds last time. They're a dangerous team. Um, Nobody wants to play there. It's a difficult place to go travel. Um, Clearly, the supporters will be interesting because UEFA just announced that it's up to the local governments how many supporters will be allowed to attend. That's also breaking news today. Um, But I think it's important to recognize that this group right here any two of these teams, with Real Madrid and Inter Milan being the two favorites, could qualify into the next round. And I, I think that this is going to be a difficult group for Real Madrid. It's going to be a tough, tough group for them to go and win every single game. So there'll be another uh, surprise package in this group. And this is the one where I think we'll see a surprise team coming out of there.
0: I'm liking this Inter Milan-Real Madrid matchup. Uh, two of the great coaches Inter's uh, Antonio Conte. Real Madrid, Zinedine, Zidane. Uh, Conte will be the first to tell you that he's uh, every bit as good as Zidane if he was, uh, had a similar budget. So, uh, and then Munch and uh, always they always play a very stylish brand. So uh, this will be an interesting group, should be a lot of fun. Uh, let's move on to Group C FC Porto, Manchester City, Olympiacos, Olympique Marseille. Uh, Mark. Yeah. What do you think? Manchester City can win this group
3: yeah I think Manchester City got an extremely fortunate draw um, and they will not have much trouble coming out of this group I think Porto Olympiacos and Marseille will be in a very strong and interesting competition for that second spot in the group but Manchester City sitting pretty here um, with this draw I would say
1: yeah yeah It's a favourable draw for Manchester City and I actually think all the English teams will be really happy with the way the draw went for them. Uh, Manchester City are are now, I would imagine, a favourite because of the the draw that they got. Um, But not easy trying to pick a second uh, place team in this group because Olympiacos are a tough team. I thought they underachieved through the um, qualifying stage, getting into the group stage, at least into the draw. Um, But they've got tremendous experience. Rafinha, Valbuena, very dangerous. El Arabi, their striker, also another very dangerous player. Um, So experience is going to be key for them in the Champions League. And if fans are allowed back in, it's not a place you enjoy going to play. Um, But I think Marseille are a team that we cannot underestimate. Andres Villas-Boas is uh, the coach there. And uh, again, tremendous coach, uh, difficult place to go play. They'll see themselves as the team that can finish second in that group. But they've got to be on top form and they've got to keep their uh, their players, their best players healthy, including Florian Tovan, who's been uh, really good but still struggling to get back to full fitness. And then Porto are a team that nobody wants to play against because of their history in the Champions League. Um, again, a terrific team, but lost, lost a few players uh, recently through the transfer window. Um, Evan Nielsen recently just left, uh, well, joined the club, but also uh, Fabian Silva just left for uh, Wolves, which is a big one for them. He's only a youngster, but 40 million for them uh, to lose that type of player, Um, especially when you're going into a tough Champions League group. It's always interesting to me to see these types of clubs who are selling clubs, how they rebuild in time for a Champions League push. And you always want to try and go into the deep stages of the Champions League financially, but also to be able to entice uh, better players to come to your club.
0: That is the truth. Moving on to Group D. This is, for me, the group of fun. You have Liverpool, (laughs) Ajax, Atalanta, and... Oh, boy, I'm going to butcher this.
1: Micheland. Micheland.
0: Micheland, The uh, Danish side, FC Micheland. uh, Liverpool, Ajax, Liverpool uh, champions of England. Ajax and Atalanta, two teams that love to attack, love to score goals. Uh, They play with style. They've been the uh, Cinderella's, the darlings of the last two editions of the Champions League. And seeing them matched up with Liverpool, uh, my ears. Uh, excuse me, my eyes, uh, yeah, I guess my eyes burked up too. Um, and how much fun is Group D going to be?
1: Yeah, it's a fun one and another favourable draw for Liverpool. Um, There's goals in this group and and I agree with you. I think this one could be very, very explosive. Uh, Not just down to the fact that Liverpool are such a dangerous team, are actually my favourite for the whole competition now when I see this draw. And also the fact that Thiago went from the Champions League winners Bayern to Liverpool. He's improved them immensely. Unfortunately, he just caught the COVID and now is missing out for a couple of weeks. But... He's a great player to add to your squad, which was already tremendous in English champions. But Atalanta are a team that nobody can sleep on because they score so many goals. They're a fun team. Um, They've got an excellent coach. They don't care too much about defending. They'd rather win a game 5-4 than win 1-0 or 4-0. Um, and then Ajax' uh, history is just outstanding. Certainly the weak boys in the group are Mitchelland uh, achieving the stage for the first time. Um, it's great for them. I think it's wonderful business sense for uh, Michelin to put themselves into this position where now all of their players have a platform to showcase who they really are, put themselves in the shop window. But it's a big, big ask now. you got to go play against Liverpool, Ajax, and Atalanta. Good luck to Michelin. They'll probably be very, very struggling to to even find a victory. But you're right. This is a group that's got goals galore in it there. and uh, Liverpool remain my favourites because of this draw. Yeah, I think...
3: Oh, sorry, sorry, Marcus. I just want to say Atalanta eight goals in their first two Syria matches. Um, they are they're pretty much unstoppable.
0: Ian, you might not know this, but Mark is uh, biologically incapable of not chiming in about a Syria. <laughs> Just look uh, when, at my last
3: name and you'll you'll figure out what's going on. <laughs> I do like it.
1: Hey, listen, you've got every right to be proud of this Atalanta side because what they did for Italian soccer uh, was oh, outstanding for- last season. They really oh, put a name on it there. Um, but they got some players. I mean, Papu Gomez is, is one of the most interesting and exciting players to watch in the game, full stop. When he's playing, they have a chance. He's the ringleader, right? He's pulling the strings for them. But you've got Duván Zapata. I mean, they've got talent all across the board there. Um, they did lose Castaña to Leicester, which I thought yeah. was a, a big loss for them but the way that they're managed by uh, Gasparini is it's fun it's exciting that's what i want to watch when i'm watching the champions league a team that yeah. just goes for it so i'm great i'm i'm glad they're in this uh, group as well cuz they'll make it fun
0: all right group e we have sevilla chelsea krasnodar from russia and uh, ren uh this isn't uh <laughs> The most exciting looking champions group I've ever seen. Uh, Mark, do you uh, do you love anything well, as, about
3: it? As we've been saying, I think another favorable uh, draw for a Premier League side in Chelsea. Also a good draw for Sevilla. I think they'll go one, two in the group. And you're right, not exactly too much to get excited about here. Um, I'll be watching the other group, groups mostly.
0: <laughs> anything, uh, anything jump out at you about Group B?
1: Yeah, I mean, Chelsea have obviously spent so much money to compete in the Champions League. And even though it hasn't been so easy for them in the Premier League, getting this team to gel, Kai Havertz, uh, Timo Werner, uh, Mendy also coming over from Rennes, who obviously has now been drawn up against him in the Champions League group, will be an interesting watch. Chelsea have become a team that I'm watching closely as to being a real dark horse in this uh, competition because nobody's watching them right now. Um, The draw is favourable for them. I'm intrigued to see how a Russian owner goes up against a Russian team with Krasnodar achieving uh, their place in the group stage. So that'll be an interesting watch as well. Um, and they're certainly the team that would be the whipping boys, but they've got Marcus Berg, Remy Cabela, some big names. They've spent money, new stadium. So they're in the Champions League for a reason. And it's nice to see Russia have three different teams competing in the group stage for the first time as well, which is outstanding. Uh, but Renner are a team you can't sleep on. And even though they lost their uh, their important goalkeeper in Mendy, going to Chelsea and they got a lot of money for him it was about 25 million so they will rebuild Um, and they actually bought I'm looking at my my stats now they bought uh, Sergio Gerasi from Amiens who is a second division team and I watched him closely he came over to the Bundesliga for a while and played for Cologne and he scored uh, 23 games last year he scored uh, what nine goals or something like that uh, pretty decent return, but not great. And then all of a sudden they spent $50 million on this guy and he started scoring goals. He's already got three goals in league on in four games to start the season. So I've got my eyes on him. And I like to find a little gem now and a two from, from one of these teams that are uh, probably the underdog in the group. So who knows what Ren will bring to the table?
0: I'll be looking to see what uh, Eduardo Camavinga can, uh, can do. He's 17 years old, starting with uh, Rene was called up uh, to the France team And, uh, yeah, that gives me a reason to watch. Uh, As we were talking, I was just thinking, this draw might have saved Frank Lampard. Uh, (laughs) Chelsea's this year. And, you know, what would the draw have been like had they been, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe thrown into Group A or, uh, you know, drawn against some bigger teams where it looked, uh, at least on paper, Probable or likely that uh, Chelsea would not progress through the group stage. I think that would put immense pressure on Lampard. And uh, yeah, I think this gives him some breathing space and uh,
1: good, good for him. Good for Don't Chelsea. Don't sleep on Chelsea. Don't sleep on Frank Lampard because he is a guy who is a true pro- pro- professional, but he loves to win, right? He's a winner and he'll find a way to win no matter what. Look how much money they spent. Spent over 200 million pounds. I mean, this is incredible, the money they're spending at this time right now. I mean, outstanding, uh, some of the signings they've brought. And it takes time for them to gel. ZH hasn't even uh, had a game yet. He's coming back from injury. Chelsea will get it right. And I would not fancy playing Chelsea, even if I'm a Bayern Munich or a Liverpool, Barcelona, Juventus, whoever it may be, Real Madrid. You don't want to play that Chelsea team in the knockout stages because they're going to be really dangerous.
0: Well, we'll see. Group F. <laughs> Zenit Saint Petersburg, Borussia Dortmund, Lazio, and the Belgian, the Belgian side Club Brugge. Um, looks like uh, Dortmund's to lose, though.
3: No? I think so. Uh, Zenit Saint Petersburg, the northernmost team competing in the Champions League this year. I like Dortmund a lot in this group. They're young. They're kind of a, another exciting young team going on here with Giovanni Reyna, Erling Haaland, uh, Jaden Sancho still in the side. Who knows um, if he could go someplace in the next couple days, but uh, I'm I look at Lazio, uh, obviously with my Italian links, but I'm afraid Lazio will suffer another embarrassment here uh, and get eliminated in the group stages of European competition. That's happened to them. Last year, they got eliminated in Champions League group stage. A year before that, they're limited in Europa League group stage. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I like Dortmund a lot in, in this group.
1: All right. I, I, I like what you're saying, but don't you fancy Lazio to really push close for second place in this group? Because they'll fancy themselves now with Zen um, I think against Bruges in particular, they'll fancy themselves. And you've got Achiro Immobile, who is outstanding in Serie A. Uh, you've always got a chance. So I worry about Borussia Dortmund's consistency, clearly the favourite. And I think they come out of the group and they're one of the most exciting teams to watch play when they're on form. Jaden Sancho, now Jude Bellingham's just gone there. Gio Reyna from an American perspective. And Erling Haaland, when they hit top form, they will be awesome to watch, but they're unpredictable. And under Lucien Favre, they've been inconsistent. So I think Lazio, I think you're underestimating what Lazio can do in this group. I think I fancy them actually to get out of this group. And maybe you're right, you watch more Italian soccer than me, but when you've got a goal scorer like Immobile scoring over 30 goals in a season, if he repeats that and takes that into the Champions League, they've got every chance of getting out.
3: Well, Immobile was doing great, uh, led, led Lazio in scoring, I think like four years in a row now. But, um, you know, the same result happened in the Champions League last year where they came out and they've had embarrassments and to not advance out of Europa League two years ago was also an embarrassment. So I just maybe I'm just wary of them. Um, regardless of who they're going up against. Uh, but you're right. Maybe I watch too much
1: Italian soccer is the problem. Is that a little bet? Do I sense a little bet coming on there between me and you? I've got a little wager saying that they get out of that group, you know, if you're up for it. I'm absolutely up for it. <laughs> I would never
3: shy away from that.
1: We'll do, a side, we'll do a side bet later on so the legal egos don't come after us. Perfect. Dude, perfect. <laughs> uh, group G,
0: this is, uh, this is the one or one of the groups that everyone's talking about. Why? Juventus, Barcelona, that is Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi. There's also Dina Mokiev and uh, Ferengvaros, but Juventus, Barcelona. Uh, Just a couple numbers here. This will be uh, two games, Messi versus Ronaldo. So far, they've met five times. Messi's teams have won twice. Uh, Two draws, Ronaldo teams have won once. Ronaldo, no goals. Messi, three goals. Now, overall, 35 games in all competitions, Messi leads 16 to 10 with nine draws, leads in goals, 22 to 19. Uh, Soccer's the ultimate team sport, but how do we not, uh, how do we not get excited (laughs) about this
1: Juve Barcelona matchup? I'm intrigued to hear what Mark has to say first.
3: Oh, well, I just with this, I'm not even going to talk about Italian soccer. I'm going to talk about Messi and Ronaldo. Uh, You know, there's only so many more matches that these two will play against each other, um, especially at this high of a level. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. And I'm going to make sure that I you know, have all my business taken care of whenever these games are played so I can just really zone in and uh, appreciate the the football being played. Um, and there's no sense, I think, in even trying to predict anything about the group that kind of takes away from sort of the, the real thing going on, which is the two of the greatest players to have ever played this sport, going at it again um, in the Champions League at the highest level. Uh, you just got to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm, I'm glad you're saying it. You're speaking like a true fan there. This is uh, why we watch the Champions League, because we want to watch the best players out there competing against each other. Um, Yes, the the uh, Messi-Cristiano Ronaldo record in Champions League is outstanding. Cristiano Ronaldo, 130 goals, I believe he scored in the Champions League with Messi scoring 115. I mean, these are just mind-blowing numbers, outstanding (laughs) numbers. And and you would never even imagine uh, that anyone could achieve such a record. Um, but this is also an interesting story behind Lionel Messi, what happened in the off-season. Is he happy? Yeah. Is he not? Champions League's his competition. And now being drawn against Cristiano and Juventus, I think this will perk him up just a little bit. He'll look forward to these games because he'll want to prove a point. As you just mentioned, there's not many games left between these two giants. Um, of players in, in the Champions League in particular, they want to go out as king. And uh, I believe that Messi's going to want to make noise in the Champions League for Barcelona, but also for himself and his stats at the club before he does eventually find himself out the door if that ever happens. But on an American perspective, I'm looking at Weston McKinney making that terrific move over to Juventus, playing alongside Cristiano and Sergio Des today. Breaking news going to Barcelona. Outstanding move for him personally. And I think, again, I mentioned it today on CBS Sports HQ that Serginio Des has been playing better for his club team than he has been playing for the national team. And I think if he continues the form that he has shown us and consistency for Ajax, he's going to be a real player for Barcelona. And I think it will take yeah. his own personal game to the next level. So you're right. I think this is just a battle between who finishes first and second in that group. And uh, I'm going to sit back with some popcorn and watch it just like you.
0: All right. And let us... Finish our Champions League reaction with Group H. This is the group of death: PSG, Manchester United, RB Leipzig, and Istanbul Basaksehir. Uh, I have two Champions League semifinalists in this group: in PSG, RB Leipzig, uh, Istanbul Basaksehir. They're looking to make a name for themselves outside of Turkey. They've, uh, they, they've. Upset the established order in that country, which is usually Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, and Besiktas. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is their first trip, I believe, in the Champions League group stage proper. And then you have Manchester United. They could do something before the end of the transfer window to um, make me to convince me that they will progress from this group. Uh, so four days left in the international window for Man United then another two weeks in the domestic window. Uh, But uh, this should be some tough games here. I'm expecting PSG and RB Leipzig to go through is, are any of these teams going to prove me wrong?
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think Manchester United will be reasonably happy with this draw as well. Um, they'll fancy themselves against Leipzig and Istanbul. here, But be careful because both of those sides are dangerous. Clearly proven in the Champions League, like Leipzig last year, showed us in the knockout stages what they can do, um, even without Timo Werner. But I think going through the group stages, this time with no Timo Werner, plus dealing with the Bundesliga, it's going to be an interesting path for Julian Nagelsmann and Leipzig. I think they will struggle this year in the Champions League, and that will be to Manchester United's benefit. Uh, but you here are a team that you can't sleep on either because they've spent a lot of money, and there is some names there that you need to be worried about. But PSG are the, are the big focus right now because they're clearly one of the favorites to win the whole thing. Um, again, they're a team that still kept a hold of all of their stars and improved um, recently signing Florenzi, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's <laughs> a great addition for them um, in the right-back yeah. role, which I thought Tilo Kerr uh, was poor in, especially in the closing stages of the Champions League last year. So, I mean, again, brilliant draw an excellent draw for us to sit back and watch because I think that Leipzig and Bishakshi here will take points off United and PSG, but still fancy PSG and United to finish one and two.
3: Yeah, I agree with you as well. I think PSG, sorry, Marcus, uh, PSG I think is another favorite um, to win the whole competition. And uh, Manchester United, while I think they'll advance, they'll find themselves in another Premier League battle for top four and They'll have a lot of match accumulation going on, and it'll, be, it'll become a difficult campaign for them um, once they're into the knockout stages of the Champions League, but I do like them to be one, too, as well.
0: If they reach the knockout stages. The group stage begins on October 20th and 21st of Match Day 1 and will end on December 8th and 9th, Match Day 6. Uh, be sure to catch all your Champions League action uh, in English on CBS, uh, CBS Sports Networks. Uh, In Spanish, you can see it on TUDN and uh, Univision. But we're going to move on. Uh, Just last night, the San Diego Loyal and uh, USL Championship Action, that's the second division here in the United States, walked off the field during their game against the Phoenix Rising after the referees and Phoenix refused to remove a player who used a homophobic slur against San Diego Loyal's Uh, an openly gay player, Colin Martin. Uh, Mark, can you talk about the background of what led up to this incident, uh, starting with last week's uh, San Diego versus LA Galaxy 2 game?
3: Yeah, so uh, this has kind of been a a week-long saga for San Diego Loyal, uh, led by Landon Donovan as their head coach. Um, But, uh, yeah, in their game on September 23rd against LA Galaxy 2, uh, Omar Ontiveros uh, used a racial slur against San Diego's Elijah Martin. Um, that happened in the 71st minute of that match. Uh, the refs didn't do anything about it. Both coaches and all the players didn't do anything about it at the time. The game concluded in a 1-1 draw. And then San Diego then said after the match that they were forfeiting the match, uh, forfeiting the point that they, there was no place for racism in the sport of soccer, And then uh, that made some headlines, and then leading up to the game versus Phoenix Rising on September 30th, uh, there was an agreement between the two sides that in the 71st minute of the uh, San Diego versus Phoenix Rising match that the two clubs were going to hold up a banner that says we stand against racism, and we never made it to the 71st minute because just before halftime, a homophobic slur was used by a Phoenix rising player against Colin Martin of San Diego. Um, so then Colin Martin received a red card because of his reaction to the slur that the ref didn't hear. It got very confusing. There was an argument between the head coaches and the referee, also players kind of getting involved in the argument with the coaches uh, and just a very messy situation. Um, and uh the end result was that uh, San Diego did not take the field for the second half versus Phoenix rising. They forfeited uh, the match, even though they were winning at the time. Um, I think there's also some confusion about where they're going to actually put the points in the standings uh, where the USL will decide to do that. But um, Landon Donovan had his reaction. So we're just going to play a bit of his sound real quick of what he had to say about what went down.
2: So after halftime, we all decided that if the player who used the homophobic, homophobic slur was not removed from the game, either through the officials or through their coach, that we were not gonna play. Because if they're not willing to act, then we have to act. We have no choice. I also then went to their coach and said, if you don't pull the player off the field, if you don't sub him off, our players are not gonna play because we have to make a stand. So either you do it or else we're gonna have to do it. And he said, I'm not gonna sub him off the field. And I said, okay, that's fair, that's your choice. Um, and then our guys, to their immense credit, just said, we're not gonna stand for this. They were very clear in that moment that they were giving up all hopes of making the playoffs, even though they were beating um, one of the best teams in the league, handedly. But they said, it doesn't matter. There's things more important in life and we have to stick up for for what we believe in. And so they made the decision to walk off in a, I have tremendous pride uh, in this group and I'm really proud of this organization and that I get to be a part of it.
3: So yeah, that's Landon Donovan kind of um, letting everybody know that there is no place for homophobic or racist remarks in soccer. This is just kind of really surprising that this happens to the same club two weeks in a row. Landon Donovan's the coach, is creating, it's creating huge headlines um, Ian, let's just hear hear what you have to say about what's developed here.
1: Well, first and foremost, it's very sad what's happened, Um, but it's very important the measures that San Diego are taking here and Landon Donovan. You know, we have a Black Lives Matter movement, which is making a lot of noise right now. and is so important that taking a knee right after the, the whistle is blown to start the game is powerful. But where does it go from there? Where do we go right after one month, two months, three months down the line, and life has gone back to normal after this pandemic? Do we just forget about what just happened and what we've lived through with marches and, and of course, complete racism that we are seeing around our country? Um, It needs to be in the headlines, and it needs to be pointed out every single time something like this takes place. Now, I am proud not only to come from San Diego, but I'm proud uh, to see uh, a team, uh, of course, taking a stance like this. I played for FC St. Pauli, which is clearly a team that stands up against the fight of any type of discrimination. I play for Portland Timbers, who are clearly making a lot of noise, uh, similar politically, and it is also in myself now as a player. I've experienced racism. Um, I have watched it happen to my uh, my teammates. I have certainly heard homophobic slurs on a field. And I can tell that a lot of the time, it's down to an aggression, a passion, people not thinking properly. But how do we take a stance on this? It's not just about letting the game go on and dealing with it later. Because is something really happening later on? Is something really taking place? No, it's not in our game. So the only way for us to take a stance is to stop the game immediately for Landon Donovan to do exactly what he did create a headlines let's point fingers at who actually made this uh, slur and let's continue to point fingers until we kick it out of the game and until we kick it out of our humanity because it will continue to happen until we can t- until for we all of us have Taking a real stance on this. And it's something that's tremendously important to me clearly because I speak so passionate about it, but I've seen it personally and it hurts me. um, And it hurts a lot of my friends. I've spoken to so many people about it. And, And in a way, I'm actually very, very proud of what Landon Donovan and San Diego are doing here because other teams need to take note now. And if this happens in any sport here in the United States, Immediate action needs to take place. It's not okay anymore. Where does it end? That's the question. And I've mentioned it so many times on our broadcasts. Where does it end? It's wonderful to see um, what the players are doing in Major League Soccer right now. They're making a big noise. They're using their platform. But do not let that stop. Now, it's where do we go from here? And to see a team like that in the USL taking such a stance, it needs to be replicated anytime around the world when it happens. Because previously, just before I finish, we have seen uh, Kevin Prince-Boateng, Aguchi Oniewu. We have seen a lot of people who have uh, experienced racism on the field and the officials forcing those players to continue to play. When they've heard monkey chants inside the fans, that cannot happen anymore. If you don't take a stance and you don't stop the momentum of the game and and allow people to continue their enjoyment and make noise and to scream and shout and do these uh, ridiculous things, it will continue for as long as we have the game. There has to be an end at some point, and I hope we're close. Uh, Mark, do you want to
0: add anything uh, to Ian's pointed and passionate uh, commentary?
3: um no i ian that was fantastic the only thing i would say that i meant to say before i I kicked it to you is that um in in a way uh landon donovan i think handled the situation very well uh but landon donovan is obviously the most decorated u.s soccer player of all time so it was almost a lucky situation that Landon Donovan was at the center of all of this, because I think it's created more attention. Yep. Um, and I mean, as far as, you know, it's, it's kind of going beyond even the U.S. i S I'm looking at an article right now, Liverpool, uh, liverpool echo.com. And they've got, you know, Landon Donovan played at Everton in Liverpool. And so it's just, it has so much more attention on it, I think, because, Landon Donovan was at the center of it. Um, It's unfortunate that that's kind of how it goes sometimes, but I'm just so happy to see Landon Donovan, you know, treated the situation as seriously as it, as it
1: deserved to be treated. Yeah, but Mark, Mark, we all have a platform. We all have a platform to be able to share our opinion and to help. And I think that's very, very important that people do that. They use their platform to help. Otherwise there'll be no end and we have to find some way an end to what has been, uh, just incredible. I mean, it's, it's been absolutely ridiculous seeing this news of late. And, um, and I feel for so many of my friends who have gone through this and i have also experienced players who are also um, gay or homosexual and experience um, uh, discrimination in some way. And, and it needs to end at some point.
0: That is true. Uh, well said, guys. Um, since we're running a, low, a little low on time, we're going to keep pushing forward into mark's favorite segment games of the week so where we talk about what we're going to be watching this weekend and why i'll start us off sunday 11:30 a.m tottenham uh, sorry manchester united will welcome tottenham to old trafford uh two premier league teams vying for uh top four finishes and champions league places and this is also Jose Mourinho, Tottenham. Is he the head coach or the manager? It's uh, probably the manager. <laughs> Tottenham manager going back to the team that fired him. Uh, was this at uh, just, I want to say around two years ago, just shy of uh, two years ago, uh, Man United sacked Mourinho, and he turned up last season at Tottenham replacing Maurizio Pochettino, Hasn't gone too well for him, but uh, this game will have uh, repercussions in the final table. That's Sunday, 11.30. Uh, Ian, Mark, were you guys going to be tuning into this game?
1: I will be, for sure.
3: Yeah, I will definitely be looking at this one, too. Uh, It'll be my appetizer to my match of the week, which is Barcelona versus Sevilla. Um, I think I'm a little too hopeful that – Serginho Dest will make his Barcelona debut. Uh, You know, he obviously seems (laughs) to have only gotten to the club today. So, but we saw um, Luis Suarez go to Atletico Madrid and make his debut, you know, after being there for less than 48 hours. So anything's possible. Um, And uh, it's just an exciting, uh, just the idea that an American could be playing for Barcelona um, is a very exciting thing. So that's why it's my match of the week.
0: There could be Americans. Uh, Conrad De La Fuente is also uh, in the Barcelona. He's around their first team squad, I believe. He's a uh, teenage winger uh, from the United States. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably tune in as well. Ian, you were going to say?
1: I was going to add you uh, my yeah. games that I've been looking for, seeing as though you put me on the spot with this one. And everybody knows I'm a Bundesliga man, so looking at the fixtures, Leipzig and Schalke certainly stands out. Cologne versus Gladbach, a little bit of a Derby there stands out to me. And Bayern Munich versus Hertha Berlin, where I know that Bayern Munich have spent a lot, a lot of money and done well with uh, Leroy Sane coming, but so has Hertha Berlin. They've spent money, lost last weekend, and will look to put things right. But if I'm looking for my match of the weekend, uh, it's Juventus versus Napoli. Um, A a game that is, uh, I mean, this is a phenomenal match for Weston McKinney to look forward to. Um, And uh, it's always one as a supporter. Um, Even when I was working around uh, Serie A, getting the chance to call some of these games, that just was explosive. So I think my game of the weekend would be Juve against Napoli. I'm looking forward to that one.
3: Ian, are you surprised with how much Weston McKinney has played uh, right off the bat for Juventus?
1: No, because Juve had needs. And I think Weston McKinney just sort of fixed that needs of a box-to-box midfielder with energy. And he'll get better as well, clearly, because he's a player that can chip in with a goal or two. Um, and he, he was on our CBS Sports HQ show today. We interviewed him and uh, talked about the reaction to the Champions League draw. But also I asked him about um, how he's settled and what Andrea Pirlo wants from him. And he clearly stated that everybody knows what type of player I am. I'm box to box. I bring energy. And he said he's got the fun factor back. So he's enjoying practice. And you know what it's like if you're improving uh, yourself in practice with these big boys, the big names, um, you've got every chance of making uh, the starting 11. And Andrea Pirlo brought him in for a reason. He knows the job that Weston McKinney can do saw flashes of it at Schalke. And I'm hoping we see a better Weston McKinney now. I think he can improve in a UV jersey playing with better players. Couldn't agree.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, oh, Mark. Oh, no, I was just saying couldn't agree. Um, when Weston McKinney joined Juventus, I wasn't sure he was going to get any playing time. Uh, he's proven me wrong already. Uh, it looks like he's going to be one of uh, Pirlo's uh, trusted on-field lieutenant. So I'm excited for him. And great pick, Ian, uh, Juventus Napoli, one of the uh, always one of the big games in Syria. Mark, final thought.
3: Uh, No, I just want to say thank you, Ian, for joining us. Your your passion uh, carried our show today. And um, why don't you let everybody know where, where we can follow you and where we can get more Ian Joy content?
1: Well, first and foremost, thanks very much for having me as well, Marcus and Mark. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you guys, and I uh, hope you have me back someday soon. Um, anyone who wants to follow me on my social media platforms at Joy Paul Ian um, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm most active. Um, but you can also watch me um, on CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ around the Champions League as we go forward. I can't wait to bring you the excitement and the passion, and it's been awesome to watch what CBS has done for the Champions League in this country. Um, but also, if you want to follow me um in major league soccer i'll be on the yes network and recently you can follow me on some yankees pregame shows as well so i'm getting around <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye out for that um marcus uh thank you for joining as well and uh to all the listeners out there be sure to keep following along with us on spotify and itunes just search and soccer podcast like subscribe download comment let us know what you think and uh, also follow along at nesting.com slash podcast uh, for every episode. Thanks for joining us. Turn over
1: the Rebel Radio.
3: Be wise, you must have been old. Turn over the Rebel Radio.